0: All right, it's time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. And boy, some interesting developments in the last 24 hours. Good morning, Vaughn.
1: And good morning, Simi. Let's talk about
0: Ellis Ross. I mean, this was really interesting.
1: Yeah, so Ellis Ross, BC United member uh, for Skeena, is switching to federal politics. So he's going to stay as an MLA until the BC election. But he's joining the Pierre Polyev team, and he's going to run. It's an NDP riding up there, so he's not like he hasn't got a slam dunk here. But that's one of the really interesting things that's going on in BC is Polyev is going around scooping up BC United MLAs. And in a couple of cases, he's uh, putting them into the field against New Democrats. So uh, the situation is fluid federally. Uh, what's the... <laughs> I have to say, the BC United reaction to all of this. I've seen some silly press releases in my day, but the one that BC United put out may end up being one of the dumbest of the year if things unfold as they might. Uh, BC United is trying to make the best of this news. So they put out a press release saying Ellis Ross is switching to federal politics, to serve the interests of his constituents and British Columbians, and he endorses Kevin Falcon. He just thinks Kevin Falcon is the only guy to vote for if you want to beat the NDP. I mean, Simi... Okay, sure. <laughs> sure, okay. sure. He likes Look, him so much he's, that he's leaving he's so,
0: to run against somebody else in another writing.
1: He likes him so much he's leaving for Ottawa. Right? I mean, that's the real message here. And look, you, you look at the calculations, and of course, in an election year, members are deciding whether or not to run again. And if you see a member who's an MLA right now, and they say, I'm not running again in BC, but I'm going to run in the next federal election in the same area, you have to think they're sitting down going, you know what, in the next two elections... I got a better chance of ending up in government in Ottawa than I do in Victoria. I mean, MLAs pay a lot more attention to the opinion polls and the writings than I do. So uh, Ross is a real catch for Polyev, uh, and Polyev made a point of being here to celebrate with him. Uh, Ross is very independent-minded, former Indigenous chief in the region, great defender of LNG, very outspoken. A loss to Falcon and the BC United team here in BC and a big gain for Polyev. And I think there's more to come on this. So we've all heard the rumors. Yeah, Mike DeYoung, veteran MLA, Fraser Valley riding out there in Abbotsford. Rumor, Mill says he's getting ready to switch to the federal arena as well. He hasn't said that yet, but a decision expected soon. And the betting line is switch to federal. And a third BC United MLA, this one hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but he's out there too. So three-term MLA, BC Liberal, now BC United, Dan Ashton, <clears throat> he's looking at a federal conservative riding in the southern interior of the province. Again, an NDP-held riding. I uh, told his local uh, news media he's not running again provincially. Uh, he's not ruling out a federal bid and i gather he's out organizing to get the nomination there so ashton again uh, he's been there for a while with bc united Uh, he says he's conservative he says he's looking federal and that would be three so only one confirmed two other possibilities you put it all together and you go gee a bunch of bc united mlas seem to be betting their chances are better getting elected next time with Pierre Polyev than they are getting elected or forming government with Kevin Falk.
0: Now, if you're Pierre Polyev, do you say, yes, come on board? Or do you think, well, wait a minute, is this this candidate by candidate, do you think?
1: Um, I think you go candidate by candidate. And if there's going to be a local nominating meeting, as there will be in the Southern Interior, you leave it to see if Ashton can organize and, and get it. But Rasta's already got the nomination uh, for the Conservatives there. He is going to be their candidate. So, no, I mean, I think Polyev is looking at uh, British Columbia as very good recruiting grounds for his party. And you can see that he's not just targeting liberal MPs out here. He's saying, hey, I think we got a shot at taking some seats from the NDP. So that's major now. Federal election's a long way off and stuff can change. Kevin Falcon will tell you polls can change too. But uh, no, I think I think Polyev is, uh, sees British Columbia as one of the keys to forming a majority conservative government, and he thinks he can pick seats up here. And look, somebody like Ellis Ross is going, if Pierre Polyev ends up as prime minister and I win, there's two ifs, then... Uh, Ross figures probably he's got a good shot at ending up in Cabinet too, although there are some incumbent Conservative MPs who would say, well, you won't be on the short list ahead of me, so we'll see. We will (laughs) see, but that is... Politics is wonderful for speculation. (laughs) Simeon, if it weren't for speculation some days, what the hell would I talk about?
0: Mentioned the uh, transit dispute there because, yes, it is busier on the roads this morning. It is a 48-hour transit strike, but there's no positive developments to report in terms of getting things settled. Uh, So, Vaughn, what are we hearing from the politicians on this
1: well, uh, opposition leader Kevin Falcon, I think, has picked an issue that will have some currency with uh, people who are wrestling with surge pricing or trying to get to school or university or work, uh, trying to get to medical appointments. He says that the government shouldn't be sitting on its hands in this and you know, by all means encourage people to get back to the table. but he says the new Democrats let the two previous transit disputes, the one in Caesar the Sky, the one in Fraser Valley, go on for months. People can't stand it here. What we need is essential service designations, minimal service levels so that students can get to university, so that uh, people don't, uh, everybody trying to get to work doesn't have to take a a surge pricing uh, service, and so people can get to medical appointments. So You know, the government comes back and says, uh, well, you know what the NDP line is on this. It's pretty consistent. Um, The best deals are done at the table and the NDP doesn't believe in intervening and imposing settlements. Um, Labor Minister Harry Baines did point out that if the two sides wanted, they could go to the Labor Board and seek an essential service designation anyway, and the employers could do that. And they might do that. You've said it, Simi. It's a 48-hour dispute right now, but no end in sight. If this thing goes on for any length of time, I wouldn't be surprised to see this thing end up in front of the labor board. In the meantime, I think Kevin Falcon has said something that will be viewed sympathetically by a lot of the people who depend on transit.
0: That is certainly the case. It depends if they can handle two days, and if that's it, then okay. But they're talking escalation. So we will, of course, have those updates today. Uh, But what else we're going to talk about this morning is this international student cap announced, well, just about this time yesterday. Still trying to figure out, Vaughn, the impact of this on individual
1: provinces. Well, I think the impact on British Columbia is going to be huge. Uh, First of all, British Columbia has had an enormous surge in international students, more than doubled. Uh, in fact, I think the last, just the last quarter of last year, there was a huge surge. Uh, I was astonished at one number. Uh, there are 218 private colleges, in most of them in Metro Vancouver, that are offering diplomas to international students. It's no wonder there's a suspicion that some of them are degree mills. So the BC government's line was, we don't want you to cap things because they knew BC would take a disproportionate number under the cap, and it will. Uh, we don't want to uh, pick on everybody as bad actors when we think it's a small number, and we're working on our own plan to deal with this. And Selena Robinson, the Minister for Advanced Education, Post-Secondary Education, said yesterday that BC actually shared the details of its plan with Ottawa in advance in hopes of getting the Feds to back off. It didn't work. Uh, BC has its own plan. Robinson says they'll be rolling it out in the next few weeks. It won't be uh, as clumsy and blunt as what Ottawa did. At least that's the line from the BC government.
0: Okay, so waiting on more details for that. It sounds like so then a bit of a crackdown is coming.
1: Yeah, a crackdown is coming, but BC is the BC line is uh, Ottawa just slammed the overall numbers and then they prorated it so the provinces that are taking the most international students get the biggest cut, and that's us and Ontario. Uh, Robinson says what BC is going to do is to try to deal just with the bad actors suspected in the private diploma mills, not impact Simon Fraser University, University of Victoria, UBC, which make an awful lot of money off international students, but also offer legitimate internationally recognized degrees. Uh, What BC government is concerned with is, you know, an unnamed diploma mill that offers a degree, a a diploma in, quote, business, unquote, that you then turn around, you get that, you pay for that a lot, but that gives you a foot in the door to seek permanent residency status. And that is the suspected racket here. People aren't coming here for the degree or the diploma They're coming here to get their foot in the door and become an immigrant to Canada, and they don't mind paying a lot for that foot in the door.
0: So save, essentially, the cap space allowed by the federal government for these bigger, legitimate institutions.
1: Yes. Now she says they won't be hit as hard. Well, I guess, you know, we're going to have to wait and see. But the BC plan is going to have to be reworked because they now know what their numbers are going to be over the next two years and they're going to have to deal with a surge and make sure as they say that the 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 penalties the limits are imposed on the most suspect players in the game that's the government's goal but whether they can do that as surgically as they make out i would guess simi there's a fair amount of anxiety at simon fraser and ubc and elsewhere because Those institutions make a lot of money off international students. They, in return, they give them legitimate degrees, but if the cash flow, uh, you know, those institutions are going to have to look at some spending cuts, probably, if they're not getting that kind of money anymore.
0: Which is interesting because there are some big universities, particularly Ontario, that are already on shaky ground, like Queen's University, uh, that this is going to really hurt them even further.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen any indications yet of any BC institutions being in that kind of predicament, but you're right. And and it's kind of shocking. Queen's must be one of our oldest universities. Yeah. It's been there forever. Uh, my daughter went there actually, and uh yeah, as did as did my wife. so it's uh that's a big hit uh, that Queens is saying financially it's to the wall.
0: Okay, so when might we get some details on this?
1: Next few weeks, according to Robinson, I don't know if they're waiting for the budget, which is the end of February hmm. <laughs> Probably not. My guess is you'd announce it beforehand because the budget tends to suck up an awful lot of the news items within it because you focus on the big numbers in the budget, not uh, something like this. So I think they'll be scrambling to get it out before that. As I say, I think they're probably right now sitting down digesting what the federal cap actually means for BC. Remember, it's 35% across the board, but the minister said yesterday... It will be prorated, in the interest of fairness, to the province that have the biggest problems. So that means B.C. is, the way I read that, Simi, we're going to take a bigger hit than 35%. Uh, You know, Nova Scotia, B.C., and Ontario are the major targets, and my guess is we're going to take a bigger hit than 35%. Oh,
0: boy. Okay. Wait and see what happens. Vaughn, thank you.
1: Bye-bye.